We'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. That's, wait a minute, that's what we were, we were there Sunday morning. Did you forget? I didn't forget. But we're going to be right there again tonight. We're going to read verse 8 tonight along with verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. When you get it, say, got it. All right. Let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you, dear Lord, for loving us. I thank you for letting us come here to worship you. And I pray, God, that as we read these words, I pray that there will be something in here that we need to hear, something that we need to be encouraged by, strengthened by, dear Lord, something that we can hold on to and tuck away in our heart, dear Lord, that's just going to strengthen us and help us to serve you uh, to the best of our ability. I pray that you just keep us free from the worries and the stresses of the world. I pray that you help us to hear your word tonight. Let the Holy Spirit do a work in our heart. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul is just giving some good instruction to Timothy. Uh, Paul has been imprisoned. He's, he's facing difficult times, as he always did. And he's giving Timothy some good instruction, some things to look out for, some things to be reminded of, some things to be encouraged of. Uh, that's actually we've been reading through First and Second Timothy for the last couple of weeks in our read through the New Testament in a year. And First and Second Timothy are good books. I always like to read them as a pastor. Uh, they're always encouraging to me and always a good reminder to me of some of the things that Paul says, Timothy, and I have to check myself and say, okay, I may not be doing great in that area. I may need to repent, and I may need to, to make sure I'm doing the best that I can and doing the right thing as a pastor. And Paul is giving Timothy some good advice, and we looked at some of that advice uh, Sunday morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. And we talked about as we as Christians are on mission for the Lord, we, we may not all be pastors or we may not all be uh, teachers, uh, but we are all servants of the Lord. And one of the things that we must be on guard for and watch out for when we are on mission for the Lord is fear. Because oftentimes that fearfulness that, that, that comes upon us may keep us from doing the Lord's work. Sometimes we may look at the situations that we're going into or the things that we may be facing and we may say, wow, that's scary. Well, we might have to suffer a little bit there. We might have to get out of our comfort zone or be inconvenienced. And sometimes we are as Christians. We kind of have to, have to push ourselves out of that comfort zone because there is fear there and maybe rightfully so. Uh, but we want to make sure that we don't, uh, we don't let the fear uh, overshadow our faith, that we don't let our fear keep us from doing something that we should do for the Lord. Because as Paul reminds Timothy, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but of power and of love and of sound judgment. He goes on to say in verse 8, So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Now that's something that we need to make sure as Christians that we are not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Are there times in our life where we are ashamed to be a Christian? Maybe we are with a crowd of people or a person who is mocking Christianity, who is making fun of Christianity, who is mocking Jesus Christ. Do we kind of shrink back and not want to uh, step up and say, look, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, He's my Savior. Are we ashamed of Him in front of those that we encounter? 
even though they may give us a hard time? Or are we willing to, to stand up and make a stand? Now, I'm not saying that we need to be argumentative and that we, we need to debate everybody, uh, but we don't want to ever find ourselves being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people will oftentimes give Christians a hard time. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, and this may seem like a pretty insignificant thing, and I guess to some level it is, but just a, a simple example. Uh, there was someone I encountered, and we began to talk about music, and I began to talk about listening to Christian music, and they began to, to kind of make fun. They said, well, well, Christian music is so cheesy. Why do you listen to that? I said, well, because, because it, it praises the Lord. It's encouraging, you know. It, it, it talks about Jesus. I said, that's, that's what I want to listen to are songs that are going to praise the Lord. I said, I listen to non-Christian songs sometimes too. I said, but, but you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah. I said, well, well don't you want to listen to music that praises the Lord? Well, it's so cheesy, and they kind of were giving me a hard time. And that's a, a kind of a trivial thing in the grand scheme of things. But that's the kind of things that we may experience in our world. It's a lot easier when you're one-on-one, -on -one, but what if the group of people that you hang out with begins to mock your faith? Do we shrink back as those who are ashamed, or are we those who stand firm in the Lord, who give a defense of our faith, as we talked about a few weeks ago? And Paul tells Timothy here, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Paul knows full well that Timothy is going to face difficult circumstances, far more difficult than people saying, ha-ha, you listen to Christian music. The kind of things that, that Timothy and Paul were experiencing were, were much more difficult than that. And the things that you and I sometimes experience are much more serious uh, than that. And so we need to be on guard and make sure that we are not ashamed of Jesus. He is not a Savior that we are to be ashamed of. He is one who has shown us what love really is. He is one that has shown compassion. He is one who has cared for the poor and needy. He has healed the sick. He hung out with and preached to the people that nobody else wanted anything to do with. He touched the sick people that everybody else wanted to avoid. And he lived a humble life, a peaceful life. And he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. Now, in my opinion, that's nothing to be ashamed of. And probably in our hearts, if we're a Christian, and you have been a Christian for a while, you probably aren't ashamed of Jesus, but sometimes, boy, when you're put on the spot, in particular when you're younger, maybe as we grow older and mature as a Christian, but perhaps sometimes when we're younger as a teenager, those peer pressure that can come in and may cause us to maybe kind of shrink back and not take the stand that we should. But Paul tells Timothy, don't be ashamed about the testimony of our Lord. He goes on to say, are me as his prisoner. And Paul was saying, look, don't be ashamed of me. Now, we know from Paul's writings that some people didn't look at Paul very favorably. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, that some saw Paul and said, boy, he's weak. They said, oh, Paul, he's, he's weak. Well, maybe we didn't talk about that. I don't know if we talked about that here or the, or the apartments. You're shaking your head. Okay, well, that was at the apartments, so forgive me for that. But there were some who looked at Paul and said that he was, that he was weak in appearance. And he, his speech wasn't very good. And so there were some who had, 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 had departed from Paul. And we see that as you, if you read further on in chapter 1, there were a couple of guys, and they turned away from Paul. They, 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 they departed from Paul. They weren't sticking beside him. Now, Paul, according to the Scripture, he wasn't a, a very good-looking man to look at. He had been beaten a lot of times. He had been in prison. His body was probably worn out. And he had faced many difficult circumstances. It says his speech wasn't very good. But yet and still, 
Paul says, look, don't, don't abandon me. Don't be ashamed of me as a prisoner. Because Paul had been a good example. He had been a faithful servant, following the example of Jesus Christ, being peaceful to those who were hostile to him. So don't be ashamed of, of me, he says. And we need to be careful of the same thing. We don't ever uh, want to abandon our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, perhaps we are in a situation where there are people uh, mocking our faith and there is another Christian with us. And, and all of a the sudden uh, they begin to, to take a stand for the Lord. But we don't want to be those in the group that are called out to and people make fun of us. And so instead of kind of backing them up and encouraging them and strengthening them, we, we run from them in the hour where they most need a helping hand from a brother or sister in Christ. And Paul was asking Timothy, don't, don't abandon me. Don't, don't be ashamed of me because of, of what I've done. Realize that what Paul has done was for the Lord. It was out of love, and he wants Timothy to follow that same example. He goes on to say, Instead, share in suffering for the gospel. Now that's the tough part right there. That's where the... The rubber meets the road. The rubber meets the road when we, when we are willing to share in the suffering for the gospel. You know, we see all throughout Scripture it talks about love. But I believe what we see in Scripture when it talks about love is more than a feeling. Yes, when you love someone, you do have feelings toward them. But the kind of love that we see in Scripture is more than a feeling. The kind of love we see in Scripture is an action. And that's what love is. You see, as Christians, we can tell people that we love them. But love is shown by, 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 by doing an action, I believe. We see that in Jesus Christ. Jesus could have said, I loved you, but he showed us with how he lived his life and how he gave his life on a cross. There are many people in this world who need to know the love of Jesus Christ. And there are sometimes situations that God may present to us, doors that God may open up to us, but we know if we walk through that door, it's going to lead us into some discomfort. It's going to possibly lead us into some suffering. And sometimes, we may be all guilty of this at some point in our life, we, we kind of weigh in and we say, golly, I just don't want to be discomforted. Man, I, I love those people, but golly, what if there's suffering that comes along with helping in this situation or in that situation? Now, you may have never done that, and if you haven't, praise the Lord, and we want to make sure that we never do. But perhaps some of you are like me, and there are times that, that God gave you an opportunity, and you shied away from it because you were afraid of being discomforted, or maybe not afraid is the right word. You just didn't simply want to be discomforted. You didn't want to have to go through the suffering. But I believe that as, as we mature as Christians and God begins to work in our heart and we really begin to grow closer to Jesus Christ and we see that love, I believe that God helps us to, to have love in that way, that we are driven to overlook the suffering, that we are willing to overlook the discomfort that we might have to go and serve the Lord in whatever way we can. And that's what Paul had done. That's what Jesus had done. Paul was following his example. And he's trying to give Timothy some good sound advice so that Timothy can follow his example. Instead, share in, this, in the suffering of the gospel. And that's what we are all called to do too. So there may be times as we are on mission for the Lord and we are doing the Lord's work that we have to suffer for. 
There are other times that we do the Lord's work that, that it's not really suffering at all. For example, going to the apartments on Tuesday. That is a beautiful mission. That is a wonderful ministry opportunity that God has blessed us with. And I don't look at that in suffering in any way. Now, Miss Pat might. She gets up and cooks all that stuff, <laughs> slaves over that hot stove, and, and works herself to death. But I was, well, and she, there you go. So it's not suffering. And that's the difference. When you love people and you love the Lord, when you do His work, things that non-Christians would look at and say, why would they suffer and go through all of that work and do all that for those people that they're helping? It's because for those of us who are Christians that have been touched by Jesus Christ, it's not suffering for us. It's service for us. And that's a beautiful thing as we grow in the Lord and we realize what love is. And Paul says to Timothy, suffer for the gospel. And how is he going to do all this? He says, relying on the power of God. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. Not because of our own abilities and our own powers. We don't serve the Lord and, 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 and go to foreign places that may be difficult to go to or go to New Orleans or go down the street. We don't do that on our own power. We do that because we rely on the power of the Lord. Because we can come up with a million excuses as to how we're unqualified to serve the Lord. But there need not be any excuses when God calls us to go. We can't make any excuse to, to, to justify not being obedient to God's call in our life. I was reading a story just today uh, about uh, some of the Margaret Lackey offerings and that they go to the, to the BSU, that's the Baptist Student Union. Now those, they're in colleges all over uh, the, the world, but in particular here in Mississippi, the article I was reading about, and there was a young lady in college, and she, have, she went to these uh, Baptist Student Union meetings uh, every Monday is when they were held, and she would go to them all the time, and they would have guest speakers that would come, and there was a guest speaker that had come. It was a missionary. And they were speaking about some of their, some of their experiences and how they had went and how they had served the Lord. And, and she said she just felt while that person was speaking that God was calling her to go. I, from the sound, uh, from the article, it, it didn't appear as though she had ever done any kind of work like that before. And she said she felt this, this overwhelming call and she didn't really know what to make of it. And she felt like God was calling her to serve, but she began to make excuses she's not educated enough, that she's not smart enough, that she could never do this, that she could never do that, that she doesn't know the Bible good enough, that she's not a good enough Christian, that there are better Christians than her, that there are holier people than her. And she tried her best to justify and to get out of God's calling. But eventually she realized she couldn't. And she was obedient to what God called her to. And she served the Lord. And she was, and she was writing about how that changed her life. She was writing about how her uh, submitting to what God called her to do changed her life. And that it wasn't on any of her power that she was able to serve and what God had called her to do. It was because of His power. And the same will be true for you and I. There may be times that we are just like that young lady. That we're reading God's Word, or we hear a preacher on the radio, or we hear a sermon at church, or we hear something in our Sunday school lessons, and we just feel like God's saying, you need to do something in that situation. Just like when we talked about and watched the video with David Eubank Sunday, that he prayed and he felt like God was saying, just go. And sometimes we get that in our life. And that's kind of like the, that's like the weirdest thing especially trying to explain that to, to a non-Christian when you say, well, I felt like God was calling me to do that. Well, what do you mean? How did it happen? You just can't explain it, but you know in your heart, you know in your spirit when God is calling you to something. 
It may be something simple. It may be something more difficult. But if God calls us to something, if God calls us to be on mission, let us not be those that make excuses, but let us be those that are obedient, not trusting in our own power, but relying in the power of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. We thank you for these encouraging words. God, I thank you for, for what Paul wrote to Timothy and how it can apply to us too, dear Lord. Help us not to be those who are ashamed of you. God, help us to be those that stand beside our brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us to be those that are willing to suffer a little bit, dear Lord, for love, because God, when we do it, it's not really suffering at all. So help us to have a heart that we really love people. And God, I know that there are times where fear may come in. There are times where we may fail, God. But help us to grow even in those times. God, help us to get to where we need to be, that we're continually drawing closer to you, that we're continually having a heart for, uh, for people, dear Lord, because you love them, dear Lord. Help us to love them too. God, you love us, so help us to give that love to others. And help us to do it not based on our own abilities, what we know, what we can do, but God, based on your abilities and your power. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.